So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals, and didn't start life on third base, how do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race and build a legacy? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews, and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 14. Hey, everybody, it's Ed Matthews with my friend and partner, Rich Brown. This is Real Estate Underground. This week, I am very excited, as is Rich, about our special guest, Julie Greco. Julie, welcome, and thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. I always love talking to you guys. I always learn something when I see you, so it's always good to talk with you. So exciting times, right? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Just so our audience has a little bit of background, Julie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and how you got into real estate and what you're doing now? Okay. Well, you know, I love to talk. So if this story gets a little too long, just let me know. Okay. No, we're counting on the fact you love to talk. (laughs) So I'm married with two children, 30 and 32. One just got married. One's about to get married. My husband and I met in Groton years ago. We moved to California We came back to raise our children, and I became a stay-at-home mom and a financial planner. So I was a financial planner for about 16 years, and the last two years, I had discovered an infomercial at 3 o'clock in the morning because I had frozen shoulders, really bad pain, and I don't wish that on anybody. So I watched this infomercial. It was about a guy who was flipping houses, and he had a TV show at the time as well. So I went to Hartford for an hour, dragged my husband kicking and screaming. Then they talked us into going to a two-day seminar in Hartford, dragged him kicking and screaming. Then they talked us into going to California for three days, and I dragged him again kicking and screaming. (laughs) At the end of the three days, my husband turned to me and said, we can do this. Basically, he meant I can do this because he was working full time. I'm like, yes, I definitely want to do this because... Two years before that, my friends who were mortgage brokers kept telling me about the people who weren't qualifying for mortgages. And I thought, well, why don't I refinance my house, buy them their house, and they can buy it back for me in two years. We'll do owner financing and then they'll qualify. He said, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. I'll give you the names. So we started with two houses. And both houses worked out fine. They bought them back for me two years later. I made a lot of money because that was the rise right before the crash in 2008. So when 2008 came, I didn't know what to do. I put everything on hold. And my husband, in the meantime, got laid off from a very prestigious high-end management job at a local pharmaceutical company. So... I still was at loss, so I was so excited to go to California and learn about how to flip houses. And that's all this gentleman concentrated on, literally how to buy a toilet paper roll for your house, all the way to contracts and lawyers and contractors, okay? So it was very, very intense. And I thought, all right, we got to do this. So we managed to scrape some money together from our Roth IRAs. And I also, in the meantime, had a girlfriend who lost a mother who had given her decent inheritance. And she asked if I 
wanted to do the house with her because she had no idea how to do it. And I needed money. So it was a perfect marriage of two really good friends. We had been friends for probably, I don't know, 20 years at that point, maybe something like that. And so that's how my business started to work. I floundered at first, but the California people kept insisting that I join a local RIA organization. So she knew a girlfriend who had a girlfriend who was in CTRIA and that girlfriend called us and she started bringing me to meetings. So I checked CTRIA out. I know this is not the best thing to do, but I checked them out for a year before I, before I joined because I just didn't want to get sucked into another program or anything that was going to cost me a lot more money. But because I hung with a bunch of men and women at those meetings, they were big into networking. So you could meet the most amazing, successful people. So I thought this is a place I got to be. I have to do this. So I joined that organization and my business just did a rocket ship to the moon because I had such good coaching any deal I brought to them, they helped me analyze, they helped me figure out how to do the contracts even better. They hooked me up with hard money lenders. They kept bringing in all of these guest speakers that taught me even more about real estate and realized that flipping houses wasn't just the only avenue you could take. Because after that, I got into how to buy probate houses. I learned how to wholesale. I've wholesaled a few condos. Those are easier to wholesale. They're great. I then started to do buy and holds because one of the mentors was huge into buy and holds. And I didn't know how to set up contracts with a renter. I didn't know how to fix things. Well, that's not true. I knew how to fix things. I didn't know how to stop the renter from fixing things and how to make them you know, so they could put themselves in danger or me and a lawsuit. So they kept me legal. They kept me safe. They kept me excited. And slowly I became family to CT Rhea. They started asking me to host two, three day events. Then they started asking me to talk about my experience with CT Rhea. So I helped hire more students to the program. Then I got to be a guest speaker sometimes. And then one year I won woman of the year award. And that was so exciting. So I just found that my real estate business was way more fun than being a financial planner. So I gave up all of my licenses and that way I was legally able to go into business with my clients and I could borrow money from them mostly from their Roth IRAs as well. And so it worked out great. So that's how I ended up here. Well, excellent. Thank you for that. It's wonderful that you've done so many things because I think our audience will benefit from your experiences over the last, what, 10, 12 plus years, right? Right, right. Yeah. So in terms of your business today, what does that look like? When the market got a little wacky in my area, meaning everything is overpriced, Mm -hmm. And foreclosures slowed way down. That was my niche market was foreclosures. And I did do some off marketing material to find things that were outside of the norm because those people were more willing to negotiate who were stuck, but mostly it was foreclosures. So when that slowed down, so did my flipping. I chose to pull back a little bit because banks were asking way too much money. People were bidding way over asking. And I thought, eh, I don't know if this, because we know we're, we get market crashes every seven to 12 years or so, roughly. And I just thought we're 
we might be coming close to that. And I got a little nervous, to be honest with you. So I went more into the buy and hold okay. because, you know, real estate, there's only a certain amount. You're not going to get any more land. So this exactly. is it. So people need, in our area, we're, we build some Marines near mm-hmm. where I am. And they've got huge contracts. And the pharmaceutical company is doing very well. So they're hiring. So I knew renters would not be a problem to find. We also have Coast Guard near me. So that's predominantly where I'm at right now is mostly buy and hold. I also hold mortgages for some people. Yeah, mostly condos. And we're about to hold another mortgage with one of our rentals because it's only a two family. We wanted to go to a bigger one. So we're going to do a rent to own for that one as well. Wow. Well, you really do a lot of different things. So Julie, I'm curious, you are clearly somebody who has a bias towards action. From your perspective, what separates the folks that dream about doing what you do and people like you who actually go do it? The first one is fear. And Tony Robbins taught me years ago that fear stands for false evidence, fearing real, Yes. that you only need about 30 seconds of courage to jump to do something. So my second thing would be action. Once you figured out that you can overcome, you're just fearful, but you surround yourself with people really smarter than you, that's what I did. And once you become knowledgeable, that fear starts to diminish. And that's what happened with me. Tiny bits of success, no matter how small it was, that fear started to go away and I took action. You can learn is I've seen people go constantly to seminars over and over and over again and have done nothing. So that means fear is holding them back. They haven't taken any action. So you have to take action, but hold somebody's hand while you're doing it. And if you hold someone's hand, I guarantee you're going to be successful. That's fantastic. So clearly, and and we were talking about this before we all got on about how we've all been blessed by having mentors in our lives. And you talked about what Tony Robbins had had told you. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? And I'm just curious who gave it to you. Best advice, probably my first seminar that I attended in California, that every time you take a step forward, there's always a chance that you're going to fall into a pit. There's always that chance. Whether you get married, have a baby, buy a house, there's always that chance. So when you're in real estate, you want to avoid those pitfalls and those holes. So that's why this gentleman set up a mentorship program. And that's why CT Rhea is so successful because they have a mentorship program. So his advice telling me there will be a pitfall, but if you're holding someone's hand, if you have a mentor, that hole will be so small, you'll be able to jump right over it. That's great advice. Yeah, you don't want to do it alone. It's very scary to do it alone because real estate has so many moving parts that can snag you and you won't even see it coming sometimes. But if you have somebody saying, hey, you've done steps one through 10, but you skipped seven and eight, and that's what's going to help you fall into that little hole there that you're trying to jump over. So try not to do this alone. That's a huge, huge help for me is not doing it alone. Plus, I had a supportive spouse and that helped. In the beginning, if you don't have a supportive spouse or a partner, the best thing you do is show success. The minute you show one dollar that you've made in any transaction, that spouse or partner is like, hey, what are you doing over there? You know? 
And right. suddenly they'll be on board. I've seen it over and over and over again with so many couples. And if you're by yourself, find a good friend or just hang with your mentor. Or maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a cousin, but somebody. Yeah, maybe it's somebody at PT Rhea. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CT Rhea funding comes in. CT Rhea funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to ctreiafunding.com or call us at 860-876-0572. So Julie, let me ask, from the perspective of being a woman in this business, mm-hmm. how have you found that experience to be? There's only one area that I found it challenging. Everything else was fine because I was a corporate auditor back in the 80s before Peter and I got married. So I was always under adverse conditions. I had to audit pricing proposals. So at a young age, I learned how to stand up to people I thought were bullies. And it's not that hard. As long as you stay calm, you win almost every argument. doesn't matter how crazy the argument gets. You just stay calm. So in this business, the challenge I had was with contractors. They don't really like taking orders from a woman. And I didn't know that in the beginning. So I couldn't figure out why they were catching attitudes with me. So I started having pizza parties two or three weeks into the project. I made sure that when I told them they were going to get paid, they got paid. And the look on their face when you pay them on time, that's priceless. They just couldn't believe it. When I would also ask them for their advice, I had many men teaching me a lot of things. Like I learned how to change sockets. I can change out a beautiful socket in your wall right now. So when you start asking for their advice, then it kind of breaks down that barrier of woman to man. My lawyers, my CPA, those were all men and they never had a problem with me because I knew what I was talking about. I went in there asking for what I needed. I didn't waste their time. And you just have to seem a little more confident than you normally would be as a woman in this field. But once you start building your team, piece of cake. I get the contractors texting me, got me any more jobs. I love working with you. You pay me on time. You let me know what's expected of me. I've actually fired more contractors than I have on my team or that fired more than How does that work? Fire more than you have? I don't know. Anyway, I fired a lot. (laughs) Because as much as the hand-holding, soothing, letting them know, don't be bothered by a woman, as much as you do that, they still can't get over that fact that you're a woman. So, Well, as a father of daughters, they can get over it. Yeah. I also found out that I was aggravating them because I'm the type of person, if I tell you to do something, I expect it to get done. When it's not done... I'm annoyed. So I'm like, you know, all my life when I worked for corporate, if I didn't get the job done, I was going to be fired. So I always held them accountable. And a lot of them didn't like that. They're a different breed. They don't really want to hold a nine to five job. So they don't really like being told what to do. So I had to learn my personality, how to dial it back a little bit too, and not come off so harsh when the expectation wasn't met. So I did learn a lot about myself during this time. Julie, isn't it funny how it it always seems like it's a negotiation 
Sometimes yeah. you're trying to negotiate with them to get them to the finish line of the thing they promised they would do. Yes, always. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I like things done a certain way. Like, for example, when I tile a floor, I like the brick look, meaning you do every other, where some of my contractors like to just line it up and boom, 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 boom. When you do a light switch and you know the little bolts and the, the little nuts in the light switch, yep. I like them to be lined up either horizontally or vertically. Because when a woman walks into the house and sees little things like that, she thinks class right away. And your house mm. sells faster. The littlest things that you can do to make your house look classy. And so they bucked me on things like that. But they eventually got over it or I fired them. <laughs> yeah, simple. Right? Binary, either yeah. do it or don't. Yeah, exactly. Real simple. <laughs> it's interesting. You said right now you are doing so many things. You're doing notes. You're holding mortgages. You're buying and holding. How'd you get into the holding notes business? I'm huge on going to the local auctions once a year for real estate, people who aren't paying their taxes. So I made friends with the town clerk. And it's funny, the only reason he became friendly with me, he said, because you were one of the few people who walks into this office happy. Most people are so miserable and you just had a nice energy to you. So now he sends me the list every year. No, and I go no. around and I, yeah. And I go around to all the houses in the five towns that they represent. I think it's five. And I take pictures, take notes, and I decide which ones I'm going to bid on. So when I bid on two houses so far, which I bid on more, but these two in particular, I also have a soft spot. And when I contacted the owner, he had lost his job. He had a condo. He wanted to keep the condo, but didn't know how he was going to do that. But he didn't have the money to pay the back taxes. And it was only like $4,000. And I said, well, how about if I pay it and I buy the, the condo from you, but you're going to owner finance part of it for me. And I'll let you live here for that owner financing. So I don't have to pay you back, but you get to live rent-free to get back on your feet. Then you're going to buy the condo back from me in a year. You know what he said? No blinking. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah, so, it's a fair deal, right? Wow. Yes. I'm only into it for like 20000 He bought it back from me from thirty-eight. He has to pay me back in seven years. So he'll end up paying me 43000 on a $20,000 deal. But in the meantime, he moved out and he's renting it. So I taught him how to open an LLC, have his first real estate business going. And he's very grateful for how I helped him. Now, so I'm making money. He's happy. He's still paying me. We're into year three or four at this point, something like that. And guess what? I did it all in my Roth IRA. So woo, woo, tax free, baby. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. So it's those kind of deals that CT Ria teaches you how to be creative and how to set the contract up and make sure you had lawyers involved and learn how to do quick claim deeds. And yeah, I just did it based on what I had learned through the system because I didn't reinvent this thing. This has been done by a lot of people. And all I did was follow the system. That was another thing that I was complimented on by previous mentors is that I have a system. I was yeah. taught that by my very first mentor in California. If you have systems and you plug in, it's much easier to stay organized and make money if you just follow the system. So true. And so I use the same paint, the same tile, the same kitchen, 
the same doorknobs. Everything's the same, my light fixtures. That way my contractors know when they get over to Lowe's, they are just piling in their carrier. Exactly. I've saved time that way. I save money that way. It's perfect. So systems work really, really well. Couldn't agree more. We do the same thing. Rich and I talk about that all the time, about how basically you're handing not only a a scope of work, but all the SKUs at Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you're buying your stuff. So the contractor knows exactly where to go and what to get. And Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're not doing laps back and forth between property and the project site, which is a huge time saver. Well, it's kind of funny when you talk about the SKUs and using the same stuff. One person walked into someone's house and said, is this a Julie Greco house? Oh, that's and they great. Said, <laughs> and they said, yes. Why? He goes, she goes, because I have the exact same things in my house. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that, that is funny? fantastic. That oh is fantastic. That's how you know you're doing it right. I know. It's so funny. It's only happened one time, but I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, very funny. And even realtors are starting to recognize my work now. They'll ask my realtor, is this a Greco house? Yep. That's yep. nice. Yeah, because then they know the inspection's going to go well. Right. That's what they're happy about. They're like, there's too many people here who put lipstick on a pig, but Greco does it nice and we know the house is going to pass the inspection we won't have many problems so that was a nice compliment for me i was pretty happy about that so julie when you're not talking about real estate with two guys on the podcast here what do you like to do with your husband and family wow do you have about 30 minutes sure (laughs) just kidding okay my husband and i bike ride we kayak He doesn't play soccer anymore because he blew out both of his Achilles heels. He doesn't ski anymore, but I still ski. He's not a big dancer, but my girls are, my daughters. So we will go out dancing and we just dance with other women because it's fun and we get a great workout. I also dance for Mohegan Sun girls professional basketball team called Connecticut Sun. I did that for five years in front of like five, 6,000 people, seven times during their season and we went out during like halftime or a quarter break but they since cut our program during COVID so we're not sure when we're going to be brought back but during the winter I'm a huge hiker so I go out with my cousin and my husband's going to start picking that up again with us in the spring Uh, he works a lot of hours so we're only able to do that on the weekends but my cousin and I are big hikers during the week and then I'm at the gym lifting weights doing cardio. I'm big into crafts. So I'm designing my daughter's bridal shower right now. And eventually I'm going to have to do a baby shower. So I make things crochet. So yeah, I stay pretty busy. Clearly. Wow. Holy moly. I don't think I do that much in a year, let alone just off the top of my head. I also love TV. Just going to say I'm addicted to TV. So come eight o'clock, nine o'clock, I'm watching all my shows, but I might be crocheting or knitting at the same time. So I don't feel like I'm totally wasting. I'm just curious. What are you watching these days? Oh, my gosh. I love all the crime shows like FBI Wanted, FBI NCIS. I love, um, but I love comedies. So I watched like the Hulu or no Prime Video, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Frankie and Johnny. They're really funny, too. What else? So. 
my husband got me into sci-fi, so I watch all of the Star Trek Hunger Games. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I love all of that. Star- What's the other one? Let's start- not just Star Trek. What's the other one? Discovery. Uh, I watch some Discovery with my mom. She's 88. She loves Discovery, so I'll watch yeah. that with her. Yeah. I love football. I watch three football teams right now. Mostly because Brady left the Patriots and went to the Bucks, I watch him, and I think Mahomes is going to be the next Brady, perhaps. So I watch him too. So yeah, I like sports too. Yeah, and you don't sit well at all. Holy cow, you were busy. No, no. I also like like Chip and Joanna. They do flip like a type of flip this house, you know. So I do pick up some of the Property Brothers. I love watching what they do because watching those shows help you keep in touch with what's current. Absolutely. So they're doing kitchens now with a different color island. That's the new craze right now, right, too. Right. So you get to watch the color schemes, what's out, what's in. Yes. That helps. Huge help. Yeah, we do the same thing with our business. We pay very close attention to what people are enjoying and uh, yeah. what they're doing to design their own homes, right? Yeah, smart. So, very smart. Yeah, you, you want to stay connected with the market. So Julie, this has been so much fun. As always, it's wonderful to see you and to speak with you. And I wanted to thank you for your time. So I'm just curious if somebody is out there listening and what you're saying has resonated and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that on social media or otherwise? They can find me on Facebook, Julie Lawrence Greco. They can call me. I'm fine with calling. Just don't take huge advantage of that. I do have a do not disturb. I don't like being called after eight o'clock at night or before eight-ish in the morning. 860-608-8823. I also have email and that's Julie Greco, which is J-U-L-I-E-G-R-E-C-O at SNET. Dot net. That's S like Sam and then a fishing net. So snet.net. I also have a YouTube video that we finally found the other day. I couldn't figure out how to find it. It's how to avoid probate in Connecticut. And there's a whole podcast there of previous mentor interviewing me on how to find probate in my area. Well, that's fantastic. So we'll, fantastic. we'll check that out. Yeah. And if you want, we can share that on our own Facebook page if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah, I can do. Yeah. It took me a while to find it the other day. Someone was asking about it. So he ended up finding it before I did. And I can send you the link. So that'd be great. Julie, thank you so much. I love talking to you guys. You're great men. You're inspirational. You can tell you love what you do. You can tell that you care about people. And you just feed my ego and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie, listen, you're a freaking rock star. You're an inspiration. You make us feel good in seeing your success. We just want to follow in your footsteps. And again, I think for me, the most important thing is watching you as you kick butt all over Southeastern Connecticut. It's knowing that there are people who are watching you and want to follow in your footsteps doing what you do. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being a mentor and continuing to be mentored as well. I think that's fantastic. You got it, buddies. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CTRIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CTRIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or ctria.com.
Until next time, happy investing.